the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. And for the next two hours, if you'd like to talk cars, we can. 602-508-0960. We have four of the five lines open. And we're going to get to Tyler in just a second. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Automatic Transmission Exchange. Automatic Transmission Exchange has been around a very long time. We were up in Camp Verde yesterday, and we stopped in at a garage sale. There was a lady there that had a car collection. She took us over to the car collection, and it was the most, one of the finest car collections I've ever seen. And in the process of talking to her, I said, what did you and your husband do for a living? And she says, well, we owned Automatic Transmission Exchange in Phoenix. And my wife was just speechless, and I couldn't even talk. I said... Well, we know Phil that owns that. And she says, yeah, we sold it to Phil. Phil had been with us some 20 years, and she says, yeah, we sold it to Phil. It's been around a long time. I tease Phil and tell people that he worked on Barney Rubble's car, the one with, you know, stone wheels. But they're good. So if you're in Phoenix and you're looking for a good transmission shop, Automatic Transmission Exchange, since been around since 1968, 40th Street in Washington, north side of the road, good place, good transmission shop. 602-508-0960. Let's go to Tyler. Tyler, thanks for calling in early. How can I help you? Oh, thank you, Mark. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much. Well, I have a, uh, I actually called last week, and I have a 76 Chevy Silverado C30. And what I'm wondering is if they are good off-road vehicles. It is currently a two-wheel drive. I was thinking about converting it or maybe getting a Blazer. And was just kind of curious of what you thought about them as four-wheel drive vehicles and or what you think is worth investing in, whether new or old. Well, have you explored the options of swapping that over to four-wheel drive? I have looked at the options. Uh, my brother-in-law is a mechanic up north, and he's kind of told me about it and what would go into it um, and things like that. I'm just kind of curious of your expertise and you know, if you think it's worth it or it's better to buy something newer with better tech and just leave it as it is. Okay, I can't answer any of those questions. Um, I don't know what condition it's in right now. Um, I My 5 might be your 20. My 10 sure. might be your 5, so I don't know. Is this an original 1-ton? It was originally a three-quarter ton, and my grandfather, before he passed, uh, converted the rear end to a uh, a one-ton. Okay. Well, just converting the rear end wouldn't make it a one-ton. It might have dual wheels, but the rest of the suspension, the springs, and the drive shaft and stuff is still a three-quarter ton. So, you, But I'm gotcha. not going to tell you what you can call it and what you can't call it. But sure. <laughs> I, I'm, 
I, I'm telling you that it's more likely than not you're going to end up with some problems that you're going to chase for a long time. You're going to chase vibrations historically. The people have sure. chased vibrations, alignment issues, dog tracking, um, getting the transfer case into four-wheel drive and synchronize it with the front front differential. I don't know if you have a posi in the back. That's good. Uh, but a, a single drive, um, a limited slip is just fine too. I can tell you that the cost associated with this conversion, even if you buy the parts and have your, your friend do it, the labor for free, the cost is likely to exceed the value of the truck because it's not a matching truck. But if you're going to use it because you have sentimental value and you're going to use it and use it four-wheel drive and go out and take your son and your grandson out, then and you can afford it and your wife's not going to beat you up over it, go ahead and do it. <laughs> so, yeah. I've been told many times by my wife that what I did was stupid and half the time she's right and half the time I won't admit she's right. So I've done what you've done, but... Um, and I've seen other people. I saw a guy just the other day put an LS7 motor in a Camaro that was ugly. So it's going to oh, be wow. a hot rod. It's going to be a romper stomper, but I don't know about that. I, I just don't know. He's got a lot of work to do that he didn't plan, like front springs and different um, different uh, spindles and all that other kind of stuff. But nevertheless, sure. anyway, Tyler, good luck to you, buddy. Thank you very much for trusting me to guide you. I don't know how much good I did, but um, I, I just think I'm a little frightened of that kind of a conversion being real dependable and not being um, not being – not having some problems that are going to take some more work to fix. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I was at dinner last night with some people, and there was a gentleman sitting next to me, and they were talking about their new cars. When I open the door, it's supposed to automatically shift it to park, and it doesn't. And when I open the door, it should kill the engine or do this or do that. And one of the gentlemen that was sitting there at the dinner table um, said he opined, as they say in the legal business. He said all they have to do is put program or a software in there. You know, they just put software in there, and they can they can add stuff all they want. And it's one of those times that um, sometimes I just shut the hell up and just let the conversation move along without me. But in this case, there was too many people sitting at the table, and I I nicely suggested that we can put new software in, but the software is going to make something happen, which means we have to have the harness, we have to have the wire, then we have to have something that does A or B, which is typically called a solenoid, then we have to have some sensors that tell the computer whether A is accomplished or B is accomplished. So it's not like you can just slide a Windows 12 disk into your car and make something happen without infrastructure. So if there's this misconception that all we need to do is, is put software in our vehicles and now we'll have options we didn't have before, that's just that's just not true in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not a computer guy in every aspect of computers, but I suspect that that's probably pretty close to, to everything. We also talked about computers in general and whether we've made forward progress from the 60s and the 70s or whether we've gone backwards. And, and clearly in 
in my opinion, we, we've we've stepped forward. We have ABS. We have traction control. We have the car's going to apply the brakes if you're an idiot and not watching in front of you and, and somebody stops quickly. It's going to turn on the wiper blades when um, you're raining. It's raining. It's going to do a lot of things for you. It's going to remind you in no uncertain terms that you don't have your seatbelt on. It's going to also tell you when the airbag system is down. So there's lots and lots of stuff. But just keep in mind, every aspect of what I just talked about is kind of interesting. And we started with electronic carburetors in 1981. We started with electronic ignition in in the mid-70s. So we've progressed, and then we went into fuel injection pretty heavy in the 90s. So we've been doing this for a while, and frankly, new cars, when they come out, sometimes they change the way that we do things. But in reality, going back three or four years, there's not a lot of stuff that a good general repair shop's not going to be able to find and fix. First of all, we've seen it once before, and most of the time it ate our lunch once or twice before, or we never fixed it, and if you're smart as a shop owner, and I learned this from some old-timer that's a tad older than I am. He said, when you get it fixed, I'll give you a free oil change if you come back and tell me what they did and bring you a copy of your work order so that I can learn from what somebody did to fix your car. I thought that was pretty good. You live, you learn by somebody else fixing your car, plus you give your customer a free oil change if they'll just help educate you, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot in our industry that's good and bad. We talk about the bad sometimes, but there's still a lot of good, and there's still a lot of you out there that are really happy with your car repair shops, and excuse me, and and they do a good job for you. And when they don't know it, they raise their hand and say, "I'm not the best shop for this problem." So, who's we got next, Gil? We have Ken. Ken, good morning. Good morning. I have a '91 Ranger with only ninety-five thousand miles on it. At emissions, I passed tailpipe, no problem, but it failed the pressure test. How does a shop, how do they diagnose that, and what would the, what would the approximate cost be? Well, more than likely, um, you failed the evaporative system. And the evaporative system is a system we've installed in cars. Yours might be in the first five years of that. And we're going to... The, the, the fuel system used to be open, and when it was open, we had all these fumes coming out of the gas tank, and they mm-hmm. caused air pollution. So we've hooked up a variety of things where we're going to suck the fumes off the gas tank, move them forward, put them in the engine, and send them out the tailpipe. So that's the evaporative system. What they're saying to you is, is we tested it, and you have a leak in it. So maybe one of the plastic pipes is broken that's underneath the car. Maybe the uh, grommet in the top of the fuel tank has collapsed on the fitting. Maybe the fittings come off. But you didn't say anything about smelling liquid gas and smelling raw gas. So I'm going to assume that it's we're still airtight, but we've lost the ability to have this switch say, I want to suck the fumes off the tank, and I don't want to suck the fumes off the tank. So I'm thinking... And and here's what I do. When I'm given estimates, I kind of guess at my shop, and then I open it up. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, and we're going we're gonna to use a smoke machine to find this. So we're okay. going to hook up a smoke machine that makes really white, dense smoke, and we're going to lift it up in the air, and we're probably going to find it pretty quick. Now, the repair, if it's on top of the tank, we got to drop the tank, and that's not going to be 30 bucks. 
So, and it also takes, it makes a difference on your older cars. It's going to be more to hook the machine up. The newer cars have a couple of ports for us to use, or we have quick ports, or we have a place we can go to on almost all cars. Your car's not going to have that because it's, it's a dinosaur. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that you're going to probably fix this for 125 to 175, and I, and I could be wrong on the low side. I could be too high on the low side. And it really depends on what's wrong. If it's the canister, you're going to have to buy a canister for it, and that could cost you $30, $40, $50, $60. But I'm betting okay. that. Now, if you want to do like everybody else, go buy a gas cap, put it on, and go back and see if it'll test. Um, you got a 50-50 shot with that. And if you're going to buy okay. a gas tank, a gas cap, I would buy a Stant, S-T-A-N-T. All right. Now you're uh, going to waste it. You're going to waste a test, though, because you... I have uh, stains on my gas tank. Um, that's an indication of a leak on top of it. And if that's the case... And I could feel the fuel filler hose had some cracks on the top. Alligator sort of cracks. I, I couldn't tell whether they went through or not. But if it leaked gas... That that's that's why I opened that door. Um, okay. Now another thing that all can also be is is that we're not supposed to suck liquid gas through that line. So the question then becomes, why have we got stains down the tank, and is that shameful Ken stuffing his fuel tank with gas, or worse yet, is his wife one of those ten clickers? So no, I don't know the no, answer I, to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I quit when it clicks off the first okay. time. Okay. Well, basically, it's it's like I said. It, it it that is a it's a bad idea, Ken, for you to go to the gas station or the garage and say, "Hey, I fat, I I didn't pass the uh, pressure test, and I want you to drop the tank because I think the problem's up on top." Because if I put smoke on it and the smoke comes from the top of the tank, yeah, you're right. But it didn't eliminate the testing because it could have just okay. as easily been underneath the hood. So it's a bad idea to, to... Now, you could be perfectly right, and if you want, crawl underneath there, pull that line off, see if you can find out where in the elbow or where it's at, but you don't have a 50-50 chance on that. you got a 20% chance of fixing it and an 80% chance. Now, here's the sin. The sin is... is the leak's up front, and now you've just created the need, to, the need to drop the tank. So I'm giving you all I can give you, the what-ifs, and, and hopefully hopefully you'll pick the right one. Nevertheless, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. My name's Mark Salem. The lines are wide open. If you have a car question, now's the time to call. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle. 
and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. Are you the type who's got little time for talk but still wants to be plugged in? Wants the nickel tour by someone in the know? Wants the bottom line at the top of the page and at the top of the hour? I'm Terry Gilberg. Each day I write and deliver Terry's take on the topics, a digestible version of the issues of the day. Every morning at 7.04 a.m., every evening at 6.04 p.m. My content is rich, researched, and reasoned. Get a fresh take every day on air, past takes every day online. 7.04 a.m., 6.04 p.m., and over 300 takes at 960 The Patriot. Terry's Take is sponsored by Modern Round, Upscale Lounge, and Eatery. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday on the Middle East Radio Forum, we will discuss Jews, African Americans, and the Democratic Party in the trap of blind loyalty. This will be a show not to miss. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. So, Justin, I was playing that video game Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog, and he was all like... And I went playing in this virtual stream where this water... It looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest. The real forest. Where I was running down this... Well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like... Ribbit, and I saw an owl too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's a uh, pretty cool too. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Everybody. My name is Mark Salem, and if you'd like to join the conversation, if you have a car question, or if you want to give me a what if, what if, what if, you can do that, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Jerry, just hang on just a second. Action Auto Repairs at I-17 in Deer Valley. Tom owns it. I've known him since the early 80s. I know the guys in this valley area that are good guys. I don't know them all, but I know the good guys. I also know the bad guys. And action's not one of them. So if you live anywhere near I-17 and Deer Valley Road and you don't have a repair shop, then maybe you stop by, make an appointment for an oil change, and see how you like how they treat you. Action Auto Repair, northwest corner of I-17 and Deer Valley. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are we doing today? We're good. We're good. I'm north of the dirt, and I don't, I'm not wearing any handcuffs, so good. I'm doing well. All right. I got a 2010 Dodge. 1500 with a 4.7 and got about 130,000 miles on it and it started to smoke and it only smokes when I stop at a light. If I sit there for like 30 seconds it when I hit the gas again I get a puff of smoke out the exhaust. If I sit longer the puff becomes bigger. I'm thinking um, 
bad for you? Well, I need to know what color the smoke is. Oh, it's blue. Okay. It's a bluish color smoke. Okay. Well, if it's blue, it's oil. And uh, oh, um, the other one more thing. Okay. Uh, I've always gotten about seven hundred miles to a quart of oil on this thing. I'm okay. still getting that, so I can't be burning a whole lot. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. I mean, it depends on okay. whose standard we're going to use, but if we use mine, then you're not using an abundance of oil, but most cars are a quart low at 3,000 miles, and you're, okay. what, three times that much? I What what kind of weight of oil are you using? It's the uh, 520, which is what it's supposed to be used. Okay, and I understand that. Um, how often are you changing your oil? Oh, I change it about every 5,000. Okay, because your 520s is synthetic, so it could go to 10. But obviously, if you yeah. put a quart in every 700 miles, that, that wouldn't be a good idea. Have you fouled a spark plug yet? No, she runs just fine. She runs like she always has. Okay. Well, it's if you pull the spark plugs on this, you're going to know which cylinder is affected. But if okay. they all are nice colored then we're sucking air through the intake manifold or oil through the intake manifold or something like that. So the first thing I would do is try to determine, you haven't said anything about a leak, and I'm sure you would have if they'd have been there, but I would, I'd pull the spark plugs and look at them. Now, that's not okay. going to fix anything, but it's going to tell you which cylinder is affected, and then you can do a wet-dry compression test to see if it's broken rings or something like that. You can also go in there. Has it backfired? Does it backfire through the carburetor, through the air cleaner, or through the tailpipe? Nope. No okay. backfires. It runs okay. nice and smooth. Okay. All right. Well, I've given you the best options I can. I can't answer your question where the oil's coming from. I can't answer your question why it's burning the oil every or a quart every 700 miles. But if it were my car, I'd do one of two things. I'd do a wet-dry compression test. It's not backfiring, so it's not a valve that's holding open, not an exhaust or an intake. Or I'd probably get the heck out of that 520 and put a straight 30 weight in it and see if that made it better. Because if you went up to 1,000 or 1,500 miles with a 30 weight, yeah, you're supposed to use a 520. But your engine's got 130,000 miles on it. You've been around the world five times. So there are times that we just need to go to a different oil, and you're not going to be able to carry a 30 weight to 5,000 miles. You'll end up at 3,000. So that's the best I can offer you. But thank you very much, Jerry. Good luck to you. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Car repair is not easy, <laughs> and sometimes you have to dodge left, dodge right, uh, duck, and, and, uh, and you just have to move with with the flow. I'll give you a good example. Hondas call for a valve adjustment and it's an expensive valve adjustment. It's not an easy one. By the time you get everything open, it's an easy one, but just getting there. Now, if you're if either your intake or your exhaust, if your intake valve is an opening is an opening as far as it should, then it typically means that there's too much play in the valve. So if if the rocker is and the camshaft, rocker or camshaft, is hitting the top of the valve, and it's touching like it should, then the valve will open all the way. And if it's not, then there's a little bit of play there, which could be the thickness of two pieces of paper. But typically, if there's play, there's clicking noise. And they're predominantly in the morning. So if you have a clicking noise, yeah, 
valve adjustment might do it, but it's easy to diagnose it if it is a clicking noise because with a stethoscope and other things, you can pull a valve cover and touch those moving parts and see which one needs to be adjusted. By the time you pull the valve cover, you might as well just adjust it. Number two is if the valve's too tight, then it'll backfire through the air filter or backfire through the tailgate. So if you don't have a backfire through the tailgate or the tailpipe or you don't have a backfire that pops through the air filter and um, you don't have any clicking noise, then I'm of the opinion <laughs> you don't need a valve adjustment. And I can't tell you how many times somebody's come in because they've been told it needs a valve adjustment and insisted that we do a valve adjustment. So we do it and we say to them, there wasn't much there. So maybe we just listen for noises and backfires. And that's probably the appropriate response is, is let's talk about symptoms first. Let's see if you have the symptoms that would create the need for a valve adjustments. And I, I want to tell you, that's a, that's a very lucrative um, repair or adjustment. And I, I think that there might be a few places that look in the owner's manual or know that it's due for X amount of mileage, and they'll use that to um, increase their retirement, whether you need it or not. There's some guys that are going to say, Mark Salem, you're wrong. The manufacturer calls for a valve adjustment, and if you don't do the valve adjustment, you're running the risk of hurting the car. And I agree that we're running the risk, but I also talk about the symptoms. And if it ain't clicking and it's not backfiring through two places, then it's not on its way out. <laughs> There's nothing to indicate that this motor's on its last legs. So those are the kinds of left and right and when we get back, we'll talk more about the, wow, I need this, or maybe I don't, and what are the symptoms, and, and that's the most important part. When they say you need lower control arm bushings, you say, what symptoms are you going to fix with those lower control arm bushings, and what you're going to hear is this. That's what you're going to hear. Because the right answer is you got to clunk on acceleration, and you got to clunk on braking. Kind of hard acceleration, clunk in the front end. You might even feel through the steering wheel. And then on, on a hard braking, clunk. That's if the, if the uh, lower control arm bushings are really bad. But if they're cracked, you can decide if you want to spend money for cracked ones because I wouldn't. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Remember, the symptoms and your make and model. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Message and data rates may apply. Do you want to learn how to get started making money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll be introduced to our three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. 
This is Stan Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Phoenix area who want to learn how to get started making money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Phoenix is a perfect market for my system, and next week I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where we'll share how to get started making money flipping houses and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's workshop, text your five-digit zip code to 82000. Seating is extremely limited, so text your five-digit zip code to 82000. Text in the next 10 minutes, and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals guide. Just text your zip code to 82000. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day, but by taking just a few minutes to read with your child, you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read, and are read too, do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. A message from the Arizona Education Association. Everybody, 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're going to be here for another hour and a half. If you have a car question, a car problem, the lines are wide open. 602-315. I do that all the time. <laughs> That's my cell phone number. Never mind. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. If you have a question or car problem, give me your make and model. Give me the mileage, and we'll talk symptoms, and we'll kind of work together to kind of isolate the problem when it comes to car repair you can be a master tech like I am I'm master tech in the automobile light truck and automobile but you can take all the tests for paint and body you can take all the tests for buses motor homes big trucks and each one of those has paint and body and suspension and engine and transmission at Larry Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue Indian School, the young man there is the, is a master of everything. He's taken every test that ASE, which stands for Automotive Service Excellence, ASE has 
to every test for everything. If they have an airplane one, he's taken it and passed it. If they have a big boat cruise liner, he's taken it and passed it. I've never met anybody like that, but he has to have the fundamentals down like most of us don't to apply them across the board. So between Bob, and I think his name is Jeremy, you have a good team between the two of them. So 38th Avenue Indian School, they do all the way from oil changes, entire rotations, to tracking down why your BMW on a hard stop blows water out of the vents. They can do all of that. So that's Larry Harker's out of 38th Avenue and Indian School. And we do have a caller. Who might that be, Gil? That would be Roger. Roger, good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Good. Pardon my voice. A little rough today, but I have a question, and I'm sure you've probably had millions of these, about the CVT transmissions. Uh-huh. Um, I've heard a lot of several mechanics say that don't get one, and um, but I don't know if all CVTs are equal, so to speak. I'm looking for a vehicle with an SUV, uh, 16 or 17, uh, 2016 or 17, and the ones I've narrowed down to are the Honda uh, CRV, the Rav4, the Highlander, or the, one of the Subarus. Um, you know, either wagon, the uh, Outback, mm-hmm. or the um, the Forester. And do you have any um, opinions on that in the CVT transmission? There's, are some better than others, or are they all junk? <laughs> well, uh, here's the problem. I, I, are they are there some better than others? I don't know the answer to that. And are, are they all junk? No, they're not. Here's the problem with them. You're buying a transmission that nobody can overhaul in Arizona. You're buying oh. a transmission that only comes in a crate, from only one place, and that's the dealer. And not everybody's going to be able to install it, which means that you might end up at one place. And they don't have anywhere near the life expectancy of a three-speed, four-speed, five-speed, six-speed automatic transmission. Those guys are going 150 to 200,000 miles, and the CVT historically doesn't come close to that. So uh, I'm not a fan you- of CVT. Constant velocity transmissions only have one gear, they have these, picture these two pulleys, and one of them's small and one of them's big, and the one that's big can can go small. The shivs, otherwise the sides of the pulley can go in and out. So basically you get the strength and power from one through five or six gear, but it's a transmission that doesn't shift gears and doesn't have things to shift gears. All we're doing is opening and closing this pulley to make it go wider, which means it's lower gear, and when it goes narrower, it means it's a taller gear, so... I'm not a fan of them. Are all these cars that you found only come with a CVT? Oh, no, no, no. And just uh, mainly the Subaru. And I heard, I think, some of the CRVs do, aren't they? Okay, and I'm pretty sure they do. Um, I like virtually everything you said. I am not a fan of the Subaru. Let me explain. (laughs) There's there's five vehicles out there that represent double digit of cars on the road in the United States. So that Chevy, Ford, Chrysler, Honda, Toyota. Those are the big dogs. Then you go down. Now, this is 10%. If, if one of them is at 10%, 12%, 13% of all the cars on the road, Subaru is 1% or less than 1% of all the cars on the road. And there's other ones out there like Packards and Rolls Royces and Maseratis. <laughs> so you got a car there that has a real limited, um, I love Subaru kind of people. There no, was a no, young no. man that's a son of somebody I rep, I I really uh, I really 
uh, Love. He used to work for me. He was a policeman. And uh, he works undercover. And his son just had to have a Subaru. And I shared that with him. And he said, you won't mind if I ignore you. (laughs) I said, no. (laughs) I won't mind that at all. But all the people with Subarus want to kill me right now. But the fact of the matter is, is I'm just not a fan. I like the Toyotas. I like the RAV4s. I like the Mazdas. I like all of those. But I'm not a fan of the Subaru, and I'm not a fan of the CVT. And I think that answers the questions you ask me about. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Well, okay. And the SUVs, if you had a choice of anyone out there that was going to go, you know, maybe 200,000 miles plus, and it's used uh, two, three years old, like I said. Um, would you would you have a preference? Well, you, there's two. That's too wide. Give. I'm going to take a break, and I'll come back to you. And you're going to give me three. Okay, these are the three I want you to comment about. But here's the short answer. The short answer is, is if you buy them used and the guy has gray hair and he has every service record and he has every gasoline receipt and he can tell you when the car has hicked up or belched or passed gas and he has everything he's ever had and the car is pristine, then bingo, bingo. On the other hand... You look at the Carfax, and this car's had seven owners, and this guy's representing that he's the only owner, blah, 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 then that's a car you don't want. So there's some of that. And I'll tell you last, this is the truth. The people that end up with engine problems almost always are self-inflicted. Virtually every engine we replace has been overheated beyond belief or has been run low on oil. Abused. Let me say abused. The rest of them, I've got cars in my fleet that are three and 500,000 miles. Those people have taken good care of the car. Not too much, but good. They haven't gone crazy. Otherwise, they're driving down the road and it hits 3,000 miles. They pull off and change their oil. That's crazy. But these people have taken good care of their cars. They've listened to their cars, and they've kind of kept up with normal maintenance. So that's what you're looking for. And don't forget this. Have your garage do a used car checkover for you so that you know what you're faced with, and maybe you can negotiate a better price from the seller if you tell them I'm up against $700 worth of work that hasn't been done or needs to be done, maybe that. Got to go. Thank you. 602-508-0960. I've been thinking lately. Life is good. My husband has a great job, and so do I. The kids are on track for college. I love our house. But what if something happens to one of us? The kids' college tuition would go away. The house would go away. Everything we've worked for just goes away. How would we pick up the pieces? We don't have life insurance. Can we even afford it? We can't just go on ignoring it. Protect your family's future with help from Ethos Life Insurance. Ethos is life insurance built with you in mind. Straightforward, super fast, and affordable. The online application takes just minutes. There are no commissioned agents, and you'll get an instant estimate based on options that are right for you and your family. Ethos is the hassle-free way to get covered. It only takes a few minutes, so don't put it off. Ethos is dedicated to finding you the right coverage fast. Thank goodness we did something about it. Who knows what happens tomorrow? Now I know we're covered, and I'm so relieved. Go to ethoslife.com for a free instant estimate now. That's E-T-H-O-S-Life.com. Ethoslife.com. 
takes two of us to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust in Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. Well, welcome back, everybody. Oh, actually, 43 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. You're welcome to call in, 602-508-0960. Nick, you're my first caller. I'll be back with you in about 30 seconds. Kurtz Auto Repair is a good guy. As all the shops that I recommend to you, these are personal friends of mine. I would send my mother to them. I've checked them out. They do good work. They don't take advantage of people. They have good staff. Um, And oftentimes, the husband and wife are there uh, at the shop or have a controlling interest in which way the shop goes. Kurtz is at one of those. Better Business Bureau Ethic Award winner, been around since 1987. Kurt's a master, Jeff's a master, and uh, Eric's a master. You got three masters there, and that means that very few cars leave there that have undiagnosed, so to speak. So, And he also works on gas and diesel. And if you have a lawnmower, you can take it there. It kind of makes Eric mad that he gets all the lawnmowers. And, of course, I'm kidding you, but I tell everybody that Kurtz does lawnmowers anyway. Kurtz Auto Repair I-17 and Bell, northeast corner. Nick, what can I do for you? Yes, I have a, uh, a 2003 Jeep Wrangler, and uh, I got it's very dependable. It's got the inline-six motor and 4.0. <clears throat> um, I have a regular uh, add-the-water to the battery type battery, and I want to get rid of that, so... Uh, I came out to my car, and I never had a problem before, so it won't start, so it was clicking. So I charged the battery up, and it turned the motor over like crazy, but it still won't start. What's <sighs> causing that? You know, a sensor, I, or I don't know. No, 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 no. Um, and let me think out loud. When it clicks, okay. that means we don't have 9.6 volts to start the starter. We need north of 9.6, and that could be 10 or 10 and a half. So right. the click-click means we don't have enough voltage in the battery, or we have a bad connection, and we're not going to engage. The solenoid's not strong enough to engage the starter motor. So now, all of a sudden, we have rr 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 but it doesn't start. Yeah. So before, we had a voltage problem, a substandard voltage problem, and now we have a we're missing spark or fuel. The question is, is oh, yeah. where? Now, I can answer why after we figure out where. <laughs> and, and, but that's really it. Uh, do, you, do you have any carburetor spray in your garage? No, I don't have any, no. Okay. Um, but I know it's got fuel in it, and, uh, you know, I thought all the simple things. Uh, yeah. And what I did was uh, uh, I charged the battery, and it goes back down again. So this was yesterday, and today's the same problem. So uh, I went down and bought a new battery, thinking that I'm right in the process. I just pulled in my driveway of uh, uh, putting in a new uh, sealed battery, thinking that 
before I take it down to my mechanic shop because he wanted me to tow it in there and then analyze the problem. So um, I, it was funny. I was driving home and you were on the radio. I thought I'd give you a call and, uh, and, and tap into your wisdom. Okay, well, it, it, I don't care if the tank's full. You have an electric fuel pump inside the tank. And so if it decides to give up the ghost, the tank can be full. You can fill the back seat with gas, which I hope you don't because I'm being facetious. But yeah, it's that would be highly gas. consequential. Well, and she'd really get mad when you took it to church and she smelled like gas. So oh, it, yeah. it, it's, a, it's sparker fuel. It's probably not related to the battery. I wish you would have called me about the battery. Um, the fact that you have a maintenance battery that you can access the uh, c- the cells and a maintenance-free battery just doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. It has nothing to do with it. And yeah. 89% of all the batteries made in the United States are made by Johnson Controls on the East Coast. And every when you go there, you see these bowling alleys, and they're tilted. And you stand at the bottom, and there's hundreds of bowling alleys. And the same battery comes off the conveyor belt, and it gets one of... 85 stickers and then it slides down <laughs> this bowling alley with the sticker of Salem and the next one is Jones and the next one's this so I tell people just hunt the cheapest battery you can find and compare CCA numbers cold cranking amps so if you got a 300 or 400 or 500 CCA then say how much is a 500 so I don't know what it is I, I think you ought to go back and get a can of carburetor spray I think you ought to uh, take the air cleaner off I think you ought to get some help and 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 have a blanket there in case you case I'm on fire, you throw it on there. Or get the garden hose with a sprayer. And I would spray into the air intake, psst, two, three, four, five. And I'd stand back and hit the key. If it starts, runs for a second, and dies, I'd do it again. I'd do it three times. If you did it three times and I couldn't charge the fuel system by the third time, then you're going to have to have it towed in and somebody's going to... And you're going to say to them, when I add carburetor cleaner to the intake, it starts. Or it does it starts and runs for a second and that's it. And then at least you've saved him from having to check the ignition system. Because the ignition system's working once we artificially inseminate it with gas or carb spray. Uh-huh. So that's yeah. that's what I do. But, um, mm-hmm. you well, know... Well, think of I, this too, uh, Mr. Salem. What? Why would the battery all of a sudden have a consequential problem with the with the fuel i mean well, like i said i can answer that once we fix the problem yeah um i can answer that once we if the if the fuel if the pump in the fuel uh, tank is gone bad well it has nothing to do with it mm-hmm. if if the fuel pressure regulator up at the front that's supposed to meter the fuel and keep pressure on the front and return to the back if it's bad it's got nothing to do with the battery so there's lots of things going on here, but we can guess all we want. And see, I'm not going to guess because I don't want you to go out there and say, okay, well, Salem said it's the ignition module. Salem <laughs> said it's the PCM. And then after I you spend $5,000, you say, he's an idiot. So <laughs> I, w- any- I wouldn't do that. Okay, uh, I know you is wouldn't. There something, is there something in the uh, distributor cap that could be an electrical problem? Um, one of my buddies was suggesting that who has the same kind of motor. Okay. Well, here, here's what you do. Um, you have a distributor cap with wires. You have the same wires. problem, too, by the way. Okay. Do you have yeah. a distributor cap with pro, or, uh, with wires in the top of it? No, I have a, each, each individual uh, cylinder. Coil. Each coil. coil. Each cylinder coil. has coil. Okay. Yeah. We'll pull the boot off, twist and pull the boot off the spark plug. And okay. you stick a screwdriver in the boot and hold on to the metal part of the screwdriver. 
and then have your yeah. wife crank it over. And if you yell and and yell bad words, and uh-huh. and you're they're pointed at me, then the ignition system is just okay. fine. <laughs> Hey, I, Check. I got a solution. I got a better idea. I'll I'll have her do that, and I'll crank the motor. That that's a bad idea. She's got um, she's got a better language than I got. No, nope, that's a bad idea. That's grounds for divorce, and you're probably going to have to share half of your wallet with her. And besides oh that, God. you're going to get me in trouble. I am against oh. you having your wife hold on to that spark plug wire. All right. I'm telling All you. Right. Well, I've done that before with my lawnmowers and <laughs> and things. So I know what that feels like. Hey. I used to have all the neighborhood kids come over and pay them 50 cents to hold on to the plug wire when I couldn't get my, <laughs> my lawnmower going. Now, it have. just it just yeah. gives them zit, but then none of them <laughs> were going to die. But it was better than my wife. So maybe you got neighborhood kids. Come on over here, Joey. Hold on to this and just I'm going to hit the key <laughs> once. See what happens. Yeah. All righty. Forget I said that. You've already got me in trouble, Nick. I'm going to say goodbye to you because we've already talked about stuff that we shouldn't have. 602 508 960 We have a caller. Go ahead. That would be Daryl. Hey, Daryl, how you doing? Hey there. I've got a, uh, an 05 uh, Chrysler 300C, and I'm, lately I'm getting on the instrument panel an RKE battery message. So I checked the battery in my key, and it checks out just fine. What do you check next? Well, it'll say it in your owner's manual, but um, how did you check the battery and they know it's fine? With a battery tester. Okay. And what does what voltage did you get out of the battery? Well, it's just one of those Radio Shack batteries. So you turn it to three volts, you plug it in the little thing, and it all the way over to the green. So I didn't okay. actually test it with a meter, but... Well, it's just like a 12-volt battery in your car should be 13 and can be 14 volts. So, so I mean, are you, you thinking it could be the car battery and not the battery in my key? No. Does it start? Do you yeah. have a second key? It's doing fine. Okay, well, if it starts, then it's obviously not going to be the car battery. Sure. I, I can't fix your car. I can only tell you that the way you've tested the battery in your key fob is not an acceptable way to test it. Um, what you could do is go get a, a battery and look at the package and see what it's supposed to say or take your little voltmeter and push it into the package and check mm-hmm. the battery voltage, but... Car batteries fully charged are 13 volts. Everybody thinks it's 12. It's not. It's 13. And if it's 12 and it's 10%, then it's 12.1, 12.2, 12.8, 12.9, and then 13. Okay. So because it's the, more likely like that you have a battery problem on your co- on fob. Why don't you get the other fob and try it? I uh, didn't, didn't check that out yet. But uh, just see if it works. Does the RKE message indicate that it's indicating the battery in the key fob, or is it could be something else? It could be in anywhere in the system, but your owner's manual will describe that procedure. But I'm telling you, I, I'm giving you the best advice I can give you. Go get the other sure. key fob. And, and, and that's okay. what I'm going to do if you bring it to the shop. I'm going to say, bring me your wife's key fob. Bring me the other one. So, yeah, yeah, you need to do that. You just need to do that. But anyway, giving you the best advice I can, I'm telling you, get the other key fob and see what happens. And if it's bad, switch the batteries if you want to go to all that trouble and see if now key fob A still acts up, then maybe the key fob's bad. But if A works and B doesn't, Mark uh, saved you some money. Anyway, thanks very much. Good luck to you. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Um, let me ask you a question, Gil. 
I didn't get the last caller's name, and I know you gave it to me, but I couldn't write it down fast enough. Do you remember? Um, <laughs> I just took them off the, the screen, so I don't remember you. <laughs> okay, okay, it's okay. It's okay. It's my fault. Who we got next, Gil? Oh, that was Daryl. That was uh, the caller. Okay, thank you, thank you. And the new caller is James. James, good morning to you. You're up. Good, good morning, Mark. I enjoy your show very much. And Thank uh, you. Pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I've got a um, 2004, or a, uh, yeah, 2004 uh, Malibu LS. You know, 2004, they changed from the classic to the LS in the middle of the year. Yes. And I have one of the 2004s. And so anyway, um, my problem is with the uh, my suddenly my remote start won't work. And I've stopped. I changed the battery on it. And it seemed like it worked, worked for a little bit, and it stopped working again. And so I came back to the battery. I went to Battery Plus, and I uh, haven't had them checked. I just went in there again. I said, can you put another battery in and make sure that battery is okay? So they did it, and it still won't start. The light comes on. You know, when you press the uh, remote start, your front uh-huh. lights come on, but I don't get a start. I'm just wondering, is there some connection? That, what, what, do you, what would you think is, is wrong with that? I just can't imagine what. Well, does it intermittently start, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't? No, no, it's, it's gone to the point where I've tried a number of times in a row, and it won't start. It just suddenly stopped working. I went okay. to the battery. I got to put a new battery in there originally because I walked in. I said, I think there's something wrong here. She has a new okay. battery. I'm running up the against battery. the top of the hour, but I want you to do something. that We'll put you on hold. I want you to go out and turn on the headlights of the car, and then I want to try. I want you to try your remote. And I want to know if there's any change in intensity of the headlights when you try your automatic start remote. Okay? Just turn on the headlights. I want them to be white and bright. And then you walk away. You leave the driver's door open, whatever you want to do. And then use your key fob to see if you can do a normal start. I'm interested in any kind of clicking that goes on and what the headlights do. And, and, and I'll be able to guess the best I can. But in your case, your key fob is uh what 15 years old and well, no, I've hit, this is a new phone i mean i i replaced the casing i bought okay. a new casing here oh several months ago okay. i bought a new casing just case napa just yeah, case just yeah, case. case but then i i replaced the yeah the whole case okay um, did you replace the circuit board inside the case no i did not no, okay did can not. you take it apart and manually push the buttons underneath the rubber condoms on top yeah, I just had him check it at Battery Plus. I said, "This right, okay. is everything hitting, everything contact." Right. No, I've, I've got my. You're not on. listening to my question. My question is: Is when you took it apart, there's a circuit board in there. Right. Did That's you right. see the buttons in there that are manipulated by the rubber buttons on your key fob? I didn't notice that. I just took okay. the Battery Plus. They checked it over. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Okay. Um, I've I've done all I can do for you. 57 minutes after the hour, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. What's really good about this show is question and answers, okay? It's not important what Battery Plus says. It's important on what I'm asking you. I'm trying to help you. So when I ask you a question, let's get, and then there's three answers. Yes, no, or I don't know. They're all acceptable. So the fact of the matter is, is, I'm doing my best to narrow it down for you, but sometimes I just can't because sometimes you can't answer the question. So it's just, it's kind of hard, but the name of this game is, is question answer. You're making a model what the symptoms are, and then we'll talk about some of the things that you can do. 
So um, it's just important that I'm trying to show you the process I personally would take. And you're giving me an answer before I can even get the question out. So that's what makes it tough. 602 508 